Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, it's Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 487 of the podcast. It's October 11th, 2023. In today's episode, we're joined by two different lean leaders from GE Aerospace. Uh, first is a conversation with Sam Ruley. She is a lean operations leader as part of the lean transformation team. And then I'll be talking with Greg Potoff. He's an executive director in the GE Aerospace uh, supply chain function. I interviewed each of them uh, a couple of days after the GE Lean Mindset event that was held last month in New York. You can learn more about that, uh, leanblog.org slash lean mindset. It's two separate conversations, but there are common themes. And I asked the same base questions of uh, both of them, and then we have a conversation based on that. Sam is a recent college graduate, and Greg has 25 years of lean experience, starting first in the auto industry, which is actually where I first met him uh, 20 years ago. So it's great to reconnect, great to have these conversations with them. So you can uh, learn more about them and the GE Lean Mindset event. You can look uh, in the show notes or go to leanblog.org slash 487. Well, we're joined now by Sam Ruley from GE Aerospace. Sam, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm still reflecting on, on the, the great event, um, the Lean Mindset event. We have a chance to chat about that here today and some of your reflections on it. But first off, tell everyone about your role at GE, a little bit about your background, if you would. Thanks, Mark. I am currently a Lean Operations Leader at GE uh, on the Lean Transformation Team, which is a uh, leadership development program focused on lean. So you're a lean leader in uh, on six-month assignments throughout different functions of the business. I'm currently working with the DT team, uh, specifically looking at value stream mapping um, and a lot of Kaizen events. So we're we have a lot of room um, for improvement and for implementing lean, and we've got a lot of focus on it now, which is really exciting. Yeah. And, and what's that team that you're working with at the moment? Uh, with with DT. So digital technology. Ah, okay. Digital technology. Thanks. Um, so I had to do the acronym check for those of us who yeah. are outside of GE. So. <laughs> um, so then it sounds like you're, you're in a role where you're working with... Um, leaders to help plan and, and organize and facilitate Kaizen events, among other things. Is that right? Yeah, this year we have quite the schedule of Kaizen and value stream mapping events where we'll pull together about 15 people who are digital technology experts throughout different areas of our business. Uh, we get them into a room for five days and we focus on either one process or one problem um, with undivided attention. And so you can pull together a ton of different knowledge and um, people with completely different expertise and and get them really focused. Um, and you can make, you know, insane uh, improvements and changes by the end of that week. So we do those once every couple months and we'll have uh, uh, four events simultaneously, which allows us to, to really improve um, quickly. There's... Yeah, there's a lot of improvement happening and improvement and continuous improvement was certainly you know one of the, the core themes at the event last week. Um, 
so you know the 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 overall theme of the event of course was lean mindset so sam you know based on not just last uh, wednesday but your time at ge working and learning about lean like how would you describe in your own words what a lean mindset is i think lean mindset goes back to those three pillars of lean that we talk about which are respect for people continuous improvement and customer focus starting with respect for people uh, really understanding that the people who do the work are the ones who know best um, what the what the process is, what it requires of them, and a lot of times what the improvements are that can be made. And so with respect for people, going to Gemba is the first thing to do um, and really understanding that pulling together people to solve problems collaboratively is the way that we come up with the best solutions. Continuous improvement, the next pillar, is focused on, you know, how can we find a better way? How can we always be looking for waste in our processes and and see where to target our effort? And even if it's a small change or a large change, just always looking for how you can be better. And then customer focus. Um, we always put the customer first. And with that, it's important to to understand where the value is in what you're doing. So you have value add activities and non-value add um, and seeing what those are, what the customer is willing to pay for, um, the value in doing things right the first time. Uh, I think when you put all of those things together and you ingrain that into your everyday life, that's when you have a lean mindset. Mm. Yeah, it's very, it's very well said. And you know those three pillars... Um, you think about what pillars would hold up or sometimes people talk about a three-legged stool. I mean, those three things really all work together. Like a two-legged stool falls over very quickly. Yeah. What, what, what have you learned about like, you know, the, the need to really have all three of those in place? If, if an organization is missing one of those three, for example. If you're missing the respect for people, I think you see that very quickly that your organization can become frustrated. Um, and it only takes, you know, the weakest link to, to really um, turn your culture the wrong way. And so I think you can see even the rumblings of that if respect for people isn't being followed. Um, and that can be devastating, obviously, um, for, you know, the work that's been done, the work you want to do. You have to show that respect and, and be able to work together. Um, to, to come up with the best ideas and to make sure that everyone is bought in and, you know, willing to make the change for continuous improvement. You know, you have to be problem solvers um, if you want to be better in the future. And we, of course, want to always be better. Um, you know, you see things that are like line stoppages in our shops. Um, how do we learn from that and then, you know, prevent it the next time. It's easy to get into firefighting mode, I think, especially in our manufacturing shops where things are so fast paced. Um, but you don't you don't want to live in firefighting mode. And so uh, you have to to learn how to be problem solvers. And then with customer focus, I think uh, that's a, the newest pillar that we've added. Um, but a lot of times, uh, you don't view things as non-value added. There are things that we have to do, like necessary waste. Um, and we haven't really 
distinguished that as much in the past, but now it really helps us to focus our activities on those uh, value add sections of the process and then you know, minimize the, the necessary waste, eliminate the unnecessary waste. Um, and customer satisfaction should be number one that keeps us in business that, um, you know, keeps our doors open. And so have to put them first, have to see, you know, the prioritization in, in what you're doing. Yeah. Now, is there something, Sam, that you would think is, you know, maybe an underappreciated aspect of the lean mindset in general? We heard this in the Lean Mindset event um, from a few of our speakers, but they talked on the importance of having a plan. And a lot of times that gets missed or it's viewed as further down the road in our journey. Um, But, you know, Peyton Manning, for example, he talked about the importance of having a plan when he talked about the audibles that he'll call. Um, So very famous for calling audibles. And he said, you know, he never calls an audible without a plan. There's always a background, whether it's weeks, months before that audible is called. The team knows what they're going to do when it happens. You know, Peyton is scanning the field to look for for certain signals that would make him call that audible. And so I think that that ties back to what we do in uh, at GE and a lot of times you're you're firefighting, like I said, um, and we're really good at solving problems once they come up and pulling people together and moving forward. But sometimes that that planning is, like I said, viewed down the road. And so how we how can we identify those major failures, single points of failure? How can we, you know, learn from our mistakes and and come up with a plan for the future? I think that's something that we're still working towards in a lot of situations, but um, something that's maybe underappreciated and mm-hmm. that, that we're learning from. Yeah. I loved how Peyton Manning described it. So, you know, we're, we're not just winging it out here that they are planning for the scenarios in which they would audible. Like to me, I, you know, he didn't use the phrase standardized work, but I mean, I think it's one of those examples where you think through different scenarios and, you know, you can't script out a game of football. You have to be, you know, be, you know, have uh, the playbook that you go to for those different scenarios. So I, I, you know, appreciated the way he um, described that. And, you know, Sam, I was going to ask you, you know, thinking to the event, you know, to to me, it was a bit of a surprise. You know, Peyton Manning is an NFL quarterback had things to say that were so connected to lean leadership and the lean mindset. But, you know, what surprised you about that day, that event? On the Peyton note, he said something really interesting during his talk, um, which was about him being a quarterback as a 22-year-old coming onto a team where he felt he was in the position to lead 38-year-olds. And, mm-hmm. you know, he he talked about some advice he got from his dad to go in and be the leader. And he learned pretty quickly <laughs> that uh, he needed to gain respect before mm-hmm. he could you know, boss anybody around. Um, and right. it's surprising because you hear from these senior leaders and you see them where they're at. And I think sometimes you forget where they came from. 
And it was really interesting to hear about him and his experience as an inexperienced leader. And he talked about um, silent leadership, how you can just go out there, be the best you can be every day, be the first in and the last out and show through your hard work uh, that you're somebody worth following and um, kind of leading yourself so that others would want to be led. And he talked about building respect with his team um, in a way that I, I thought was very admirable. Um, as a young leader, I think I had a lot to, to learn from that talk. But in general, I think something that was really surprising about the event was how industries came together. In, in Lean at GE, you know, it started with manufacturing and now we're really trying to expand Lean to our transactional spaces and see how it can apply across the whole company. And this event was an extension of that, seeing how it easily carries over into, into sports or into food um, or the automotive industry. You could see these leaders come together from all of those spaces and really find common ground uh, through you know lean culture, all of the things that we talked about in the event. And it was really cool to, to see how without much other motive other than just sharing learnings, how we came together. And um, I think we all learned from each other yeah. last week. Yeah. And there's so much opportunity to learn across disciplines within a company or across industries. And, you know, I think the Lean Mindset event was a, a great illustration of that. But, um, you know, on, on the topic of learning, um, as, as you're learning this, Sam, and you're helping others learn it, what advice would you have for others about kind of developing a lean mindset or helping others do the same? We had Carol Dweck at the, at the talk, uh, lean mindset event last week, and she talked about growth mindset. And I think that is the most important thing to developing a lean mindset is understanding that you have so much to learn and so much that you can do to grow as a person and as a professional uh, by really pushing yourself to always be curious, to, you know, be the best person that you can be, um, to value, you know, what you have to learn from each person. And so I think in my journey of developing a lean mindset, having a growth mindset's first, but um, with that, just having a hunger for learning. Uh, there are so many tools in the, in the lean toolbox to learn. There are so many processes you can apply it to. Um, back to the respect for people, just every single person that you meet, you have something to learn from. Um, and so I think that curiosity comes first. And then um, you know, you'll get your reps in is what we say with lean as you, as you go out every day and solve problems and, um, experience, you know, different, different types of problem solving. It'll, once you get your reps in, um, you'll develop that lean mindset. And then, uh, my last advice for, for starting out with a lean mindset would be to start small, um, there's a book about two second lean. And so how, how can you just make your life two seconds easier every day? How can you do things two seconds faster? It doesn't have to be world changing each time you improve something. Um, so I think just that, that using common sense to how can I be a little bit better at what I'm doing? Taking that second to think about it, um, is, is a great place to start. And then 
just using your curiosity to to learn all of the tools. Hmm. And b- being, you know, in you know the beginning of of your career, Sam, maybe there there's less for you to unlearn compared to, you know, somebody who's worked for decades um without the benefit of um lean leadership or a lean mindset, but you know, so a lot of people have to um you know, sort of try to embrace this change. But it, what, what's an example of a change you've had to make personally to lead better with a lean mindset? I think that's a great question. Starting off, I've, I've been with GE since I was an intern. And so I've seen myself through all phases of my career in this kind of environment where we've, we've been on a lean journey. Um, I've worked in a lot of different shops. And I think Early on, when you're getting your footing, you you want to be the problem solver and you have ideas that you want to share. And I think I've seen that, you know, throughout my career so far is that I have ideas that I I just want to go share and implement. And as I've moved from being a lean practitioner to a leader or, um, you know, someone who's coaching other people in lean, I've had to take a step back from wanting to solve problems on my own and really leaned into collaboration and having an open mind for the problems that are solved as a group. And so, um, especially as I'm in a lot of these five-day Kaizen events, you do the pre-work and you familiarize yourself with the problem and it's really easy to jump to a solution um, and think you have it all figured out. But then you know, we we put in the resources to pull together 15 or so people for an entire week. You're flying people in from around the world um, and telling them to ignore their normal job for a week. That's a prime example of the power that collaboration holds and the value that the company puts on collaboration um, or they, you know, wouldn't invest in, in those events. And so, it's it's kind of foolish to go into the event thinking that your idea is going to be the best idea. Um, and, you know, as I learn to lead, I would say that's the biggest thing is having an open mind, not trying to solve solve problems on my own. Mm. Well, that's a great lesson. And I'm glad you're learning it. And thank you, you know, for for sharing that with all of us. Sam, you know, back, back when I was uh, the 22-year-old, uh, I wasn't a number one draft pick like Peyton Manning, but I, could, I think this is in my rearview mirror now. But thinking back to when I was a 22 year old working with people who teammates who are not just 38, but 48 and 58. Um, yeah, I think back to moments where I'm sure like they were looking at him in the huddle like, OK, rookie, what do you what do you know? I had, you know, I, I know I, you know, I was probably in similar situations and building trust. And, and like you said, you know. Um, kind of letting go of the need to be the one with the answers. Um, it's an exciting part of uh, the journey to be going through. Yeah, it's it's tough, but it's worth it. Yeah. Um, maybe a final question for you, Sam. You know, can you tell us a little bit more about you know some of the benefits that you see of of being able to learn about a lean mindset here early in your career, and you know, doing so as part of the operations management leadership program. I would say that learning lean, especially early in your career, is kind of like a secret weapon. Um, And that's how I've heard GE leaders describe it. 
Mm. You you can lead without lean, but um, you're you know not as powerful without it. And so, um, I think the way that we're viewing lean at GE is that it is our key to success. And we see that. We see that in the improvements that we've been able to make so far and the improvements that are to be made down the line. Um, you know, they're they're really groundbreaking improvements that are freeing up cash, um, helping us to deliver for our customers. And once you see lean work um, and you see the results of it, it's hard to think of doing it and any other way. Um, and it just becomes, you know, your everyday life. And I think we're seeing our teams get so excited to use, you know, the lean tools and um, to make it part of what we do every day. And so there's a lot of energy around it as we see as we see those results. And I think um, learning lean early in my career will only help me to be a better leader down the line um, and a better problem solver. Um, it helps you to ask the right questions. Um, and and really, you know, keep what's most important as the most important. Mm -hmm. So learning to prioritize. Um, I think those are all things that come with learning lean. Mm. That's very well said. So thank thank you, Sam. Again, we've been joined here by Sam Ruley from GE Aerospace. She's a lean operations leader on their lean transformation team. Thank you so much for sharing your reflections, not just from the event, but from your career so far at GE. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Mark. It's great talking with you today. Stay tuned for more of my conversation with Greg Podoff. So we're joined here by Greg Podoff. Greg, it was great to see you at the event. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing real well. Tell, tell everybody um, a little bit about your role at GE Aerospace. Yeah, my name's uh, Greg Podoff, and I I started at General Electric about a year and a half ago and came from the automotive industry. But uh, this is my first time in aerospace and I'm responsible for the lean lean transformation for our supply chain and, and factories across uh, all the plants. So it's been a great challenge and a, and a real fast year and a half. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to what's coming ahead. Yes. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're talking about the lean mindset event that GE organized and, and held. And I hope everybody listening is able to go check out the video um, from that great day that's online, you know, but Greg, with all of your experience and with what you're doing these days at, at GE, you know, the phrase lean mindset, I mean, how, how would you describe that to somebody who is, you know, just learning about this, this idea of lean management? Yeah, that's a good question. And I, you know, I think first, Lean mindset applies to everybody in the organization. There, it's not a, and that, that's one misnomer. Sometimes we got to go to the lean team to figure out what's the next step or the next tool or process, and it it really is is not that at all. Um, organizations that really transform transform with everybody involved, and it's something that everyone comes in every day that says, "Did I get better or did I get worse?" Um, and you know, one of the speakers <laughs> talked about, you, you don't ever stay the same. So, you know, if you're not getting better then then you're getting behind and, uh, there's superstars out there that, you know, people depend on processes that shine, but then as soon as they move out of the role or, 
you, you build a temporary tool in Excel or do something, you know, that's really based on the person, those don't live on. But if I come to work every day and I can instill that mindset in everyone that you have a target condition to move towards and improve with that mindset, I think that's that's really the unlock. And we heard that from Carol uh, Dweck, who wrote the growth mindset as well, you know, that it, it comes from everybody in the organization. And um, it's funny, you, you you talk about superstars. I mean, there were some superstars at the event, yes, you know, were. for sure. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo and, and Wolfgang Puck is a, a culinary superstar. But tell us a little bit more. We, we, you're, you're talking about, I guess, the superstars in the workplace, um, people who sometimes are like you know, helping us work around a bad process. And, and, and that's, that's kind of a shift to, um, you know, get everybody involved in improving that process. Fair to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, um, you know, we've started down the journey of some model lines within some of our factories and are, I would say teaching this mindset and empowering those frontline leaders to make decisions. And, and what's important is they think, properly about what does true north look like what does great look like and if you can get that one by one flow that you know zero waste mentality and what does waste look like they start to think differently and and can create something that you know some consultant or some superstar wouldn't think of because they're not the ones doing the job every day hmm. so I was uh, I had several emails this week that were super exciting coming from three of our model lines and the teams were so excited and proud. They broke a record that they had never done before and didn't think that was possible. And it wasn't because some superstar came in and said, here's how mm. to do it. You know, they were given some tools and some thinking to apply and, and they achieved it. That was the that was the critical mass that got them starting to move on their own. So you've touched on um, you know, a number of aspects of the lean mindset. Is, is there, to you, an underappreciated aspect of the lean mindset that you, that you wish more people knew about? Yeah, I, I definitely. I I think that sometimes people always look for these big swings or these, you know. I don't know, monumental change. And, and those are good. There are some out there. You know, we have Kaizen events, 5D events that, wow, at the end of the week, it's like unbelievable when you look back. But what we should appreciate are the little things and the details. Um, Rodrigo Castro is a, a plant leader we invited to this event for, for this experience this week. And he's the plant leader in Saltillo. Um, I was so impressed with that team there because they spent a little bit of time talking about all the successes they had up to this point, but we're more excited to talk about their next experiment or the next challenges they're working towards from an already really good performing process, right? And, and, and it was little things that they were looking at. And that's what I appreciate the most is, is when they care about, you know, an address label on a rack is like perfect and I can read it mm -hmm. and it, it matters because someone uses it. That's that's kind of an example. Hmm. And it, it's great to hear about that excitement, you know, that 
you know, tapping into what, what I think is a pretty natural desire to improve and to perform well. You know, some organizations try to figure out how to force that. But, you know, I think when you engage, as you're describing, everybody and getting better, I think that really taps into something that that people want to be a part of. That's right. And, and you know, if others see that those behaviors are being recognized as being, you know, good, something we desire, and those people are promoted because they are capable to go and solve other problems and, and you know, improve other areas, it starts to spread like wildfire. And if people see the opposite get recognized, superstars or others who are loud and vocal or, you know, some people naturally, you know, like the spotlight and come to the front. It's usually those humble players in the background that are the ones you you uh, look past if you don't have the right mindset to uh, identify. Hmm. So th- thinking back to the event, um, what, what surprised you most about that day? And being part of it. Yeah, you know, you mentioned uh, these were all superstars. This, this lineup was incredible. It was great just to, to see them in person. Um, but the messages were simple. So I guess it was reinforcing to me. And sometimes we can get caught up in making things complicated or solutions that only, you know, somebody with a PhD understands. And uh, hearing from, you know, CEOs of Ford and Uber and these big companies, when they come right down to the, you know, to the bottom line, it's, do you have good visual management? Do you have a a basic cadence in place to inspect what we expect? Standard work, problem solving. You know, these, these four themes came up multiple times. And what's funny is those are the same themes that we you know, hear from Larry Culp and from, mm-hmm. you know, our, our GE transformation, it's, it's no different. It's, it's back to the basics. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I'm as, as an engineer on, on the way home, I built a spreadsheet, a little grid <laughs> of the different speakers and some of the core themes. And it's not that every speaker touched on every core theme, but uh-huh. that consistency of, of people coming from different um, professions and, and industries that focus on continuous improvement. Um, one, one that stood out to me, everyone from um, the, uh, the Cleveland Clinic, um, Lisa Yarin and, and, and Dr. Mahalovich as, as CEO, Wolfgang Puck, Carol Dweck, the fire commissioner, and Patty Poppy all talked about the importance of learning from mistakes. Mm. And and I think that's a uh, you know a, a really fundamental basic um, you know element of 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 a lean mindset of of learning and instead of punishing. That was one thing that I, I wouldn't have. I, I was happy to hear so many people bring you know kind of that key point up. So um, let me let me maybe you know turn it to you. Um, you know from your training and your experience with lean. You know your thoughts on the importance of um, setting things up where people can learn from mistakes. Boy, that's uh, that's really at the heart of um, unleashing the continuous improvement power of people because they have they have trust in their leadership that they won't be punished, they won't be looked down upon because they did make a mistake. You know what's important is you learn from that. 
Right. <laughs> you keep making that same mistake over and over. That's a different situation. Right. But when you when you set up an environment, and that's really that scientific thinking approach, um, that and rapid experimentation, you know, how quickly can I go and learn what I just did versus what I thought would happen? Um, and then, man, and, and you fail three, four times, and then you succeed. And that success is the cue in your mind that says, man, I want to do that again, especially if we celebrate that. And I think Patty uh, Pope, talked about that as well. Um, you know, one, one thing she mentioned that kind of uh, set me back a little bit hearing from an operational leader was to lead with love. Mm. And yeah, that's and, the word uh, she used. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. You, you're not supposed to use that word. And I, you know, but no, that was great because uh, she said, man, you, you look at these, these, you know, football teams, basketball teams and the players on the bench celebrating and hugging because of something that they, they did well. And uh, here we are, you know, you know, making parts that fly planes <laughs> and it's, it's powerful. So we should be celebrating more. I thought that was great. Yeah. So what advice, Greg, would you have for, you know, others who are trying to you know, get started developing a lean mindset or, or hopefully continuing, you know, to further develop their lean mindset and piece of advice for the listeners? Mm. Yeah, I, I would want Make sure that you're in an environment that that wants that. You know, we we uh, we have you know a short time here <laughs> as as we go through our work careers. It, it goes in the blink of an eye. I mean, I, I met you, Mark, what twenty some years ago was mm-hmm. the first time we met, and now yeah. we we've touched base again. And I can't believe it that it's that long. So you want to put yourself in an environment that has a lean mindset, and I would. Sh- Make sure that you find a coach or a mentor, somebody that you uh, have a relationship with, a uh, trust, but also that that has been through, you know, the same types of problems that you're facing now. Um, there's always somebody out there to give back. And they talked about that as well at this event was, you know, once you've learned all of this, at, at some point you have an obligation to give back. And uh, so I would say if you're early in your career, look for that environment, find a coach. And, and grow and learn. And then as you go through your career, wear both hats, give back and be a coach, but also at the same time, don't, don't let your success stifle you. Keep stretching yourself with a, with another coach. Yeah. And it seems like Greg, you're, you're personally in that situation where you're both mentoring and learning as, as, as you keep progressing through your work and your career. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the benefits of GE, we're we're a very large organization, and there's tons of great talent within the company. And I would say at the top of the company with Larry Culp too, it's um, he continues to stretch and coach us. And you know, sometimes I I think he knows the answer when he's asking the question, and sometimes I think he wants to just hear the answer. Mm. Um, But he doesn't give he doesn't give direction or or tell you what to do. Um, it's more about where we want to be and how can we get there. And boy, that's fulfilling to one, have the trust of a leader in you mm-hmm. to help uh, do that and be part of that value, something bigger than yourself. And uh, yeah. 
So when you think about leading, you know, in in this way, and like you know, asking questions is is a classic, um, you know, I think lean leadership um, style. Um, what, what's you know, thinking back through through your progression, what's one change you've had to make personally um, to to lead in 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 this way? If that's like you know, trying to build that habit of asking questions instead of giving direction or or something else. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've gone through several um, trans transitions in in my career. I've been in about four major companies up until this point. Um, I would say as you progress for, to you know leading a plant, to leading a a region, to supporting a globe, there's a there's a balance between being in the trench and getting really specific and micro and and making some moves. Uh, and changes at at Gemba at point, and at the same time having a balance to make sure that the business is is being communicated to on what is our vision and where are we going, and why are we doing this, and I I think that that why question is something that I've had to evolve over time to make sure that in my mind I know where I think we want to go, but I I think we've got to bounce that off others get some consensus. And then make sure that we're casting that vision to everyone. Hmm. And, and that helps keep everybody moving as they move and take their steps. It's towards a consistent strategy or vision, so to say. So I, I think it's a combination of both day-by-day improvements, but providing that vision. Well, thanks, Greg. We've been joined again by uh, Greg Potoff with um, GE Aerospace. Maybe you know, one final question um, you know, for you, Greg. You talked about how you and I crossed paths. 20 years ago, you know, we, we both started in the auto industry, you know, at different companies. Then we crossed paths when I was working um, for a, a software company that was um, there working with you at, a, um, at an auto supplier. And, you know, as Larry Culp talked about, um, I think during his concluding remarks, something about, you know, the influence of the automotive industry, you know, being um, sort of loud and clear um, at the event, um, not just um, having CEOs from Ford and Uber there, but you know, Patty Poppy, who you mentioned, you know, she started um, at General Motors and then moved into the energy sector, and she's now CEO of PG&E. You've you've switched as as you mentioned um, earlier from automotive into aerospace. Um, you know, so having having done that, I, I think the question is, you know, what what have you learned, or what advice would you have for somebody else who is changing industries? You know, finding an environment that wants them in kind of a new and unfamiliar sector. Yeah, it's. I can tell you, it's a, it's intimidating because I I had been in automotive for almost twenty five years, and uh, you know, at some point, I'm either going to just stay in automotive and retire there, or try to broaden a bit my my uh, my background and understandings and learn. So. Boy, when I heard about you know the opportunity here at GE and the, the ability to um, learn such a great industry like aerospace and its its evolution, I would say take take the risk. You know, take the risk, provided you know what you're going into. Embraces, at least from my perspective, embraces a lean culture as as far as how they want to improve and reach their strategic goals and objectives. So. I think that's uh, it was the best decision I made. I think obviously you, you want to 
partner with a company and you want to grow and, and, you know, um, support that company as they move forward. But you also want to look at your own personal career and, and development and what a better way than to jump into something you don't know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, it's an important mission and there's a great opportunity to learn and keep growing and, and, you know, have a growth mindset as Carol Dweck and so many of the other speakers talked about and um, to continuously improve. So, you know, Greg, I'm really glad um, we could cross paths at, at the event. You know, again, I appreciate GE's invitation uh, for, for me to be there as a, as an outsider. And um, thank you so much for taking the time to kind of share some um, thoughts and reflections with us here today. Uh, thanks very much, uh, Mark. And uh, again, it was great to see you and, I'm excited to hear more about the event and other other folks that you know got to reflect on the the great learnings from this uh, the lean mindset. Well, thanks to both Sam and Greg for sharing their reflections. If you want to view the videos from the GE Lean Mindset event, um, you can look for links in the show notes. Leanblog.org/slash487. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.